the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 145 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me this week, like every week, is the Rob Cross of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. And we're here with a special Thursday episode of the podcast, the 4th of January. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, we're going to blend two weeks of the podcast together here because we were late because of the new year. And as you can probably hear, the man flew with me and Graham was going out drinking and stuff. So we're a bit late this week, but we're a bit early for next week. So we're blending two podcasts together. We're going to talk about UFC 219. It was a big week uh, for MMA with uh, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Edson Barboza and obviously Habib putting himself possibly in line to be next for Conor McGregor or Tony Ferguson we'll talk about that and the main event in that as well uh, should be should be uh, uh, you know should be big in, in the future as well so you know who Chris Eiberg is fighting next and we'll discuss that uh, next week's card as well do a try against Jeremy Stevens and a few more fights in that we'll talk about that rising at a card last weekend we'll get into that um, and the awards as well the yearly awards um uh, which were announced in severe may this week we'll talk about them and uh our our thinking uh about how they were picked it was a four-man panel but we'll get to that anyway graham hortings yeah good good uh, yeah as you're saying on new year's day when you're meant to record a podcast i was dying of a severe hangover from from new year's eve and you were you were dying of the flu so it just didn't really work out but uh sean's braving braving the, the his condition at the moment to uh to bring it to the fans like you, you should be a statue in Limerick, you, you suppose like you'd probably be up there as one of the most known Limerick people anyway. So it's about time they gave you a statue now, I think. Hashtag pray for Sean. Man's gone international. Check the statistics. <laughs> Check the statistics. My, my, uh, my statue should be in, like in New York or somewhere, let's be honest there. But uh, do you have a good Christmas anyway or holidays, I should say? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I was, you know, yourself, you just end up in a bunch of pubs and stuff. I ended up losing my phone over Christmas as well, which is annoying. But uh, yeah, that was a good crack, yeah. Santi, bring you anything nice to bring you a new phone? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, I just had to use a, an old phone um, from from the Vegas phone. I had to get the Vegas phone going as the, the primary phone. Nice. Uh, much beer? A uh, good, bit good bit of beer and cider and spirits and everything. Too much beer. I was at weddings and the fucking reunions of the boys from college above in Cork and all. Good God almighty. Never drinking again. Till this go time bit, next go year, bit, go bit of football on over the, the, the festive period as well. I didn't see much of it. No, I only saw Man United beat in Everton. I literally didn't see any of it. That's all I saw. That's all I saw. Yeah, it's convenient. Your boy, uh, boy Mane, who's not as many goals in more minutes than Jesse Lingard this year, scored a nice goal, didn't he? Yeah, if you see, yeah in the domestic, domestic is it? In provincial. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mane, though, um, had a nice goal there against Burnley, one of the the sides that you scraped the draw against recently who were who were challenging for the the top six so it's not a bad result in over the two game or a two-day rest not even a two-day rest in between games listen Burnley are Lord 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 Clavon with the winner <laughs> Burnley are Burnley are a proper Brexit means Brexit team and there's there's nothing wrong with getting a point against them you know it was a great result for Liverpool I'll hand it to you but um yeah you're catching up on us and I'm very very afraid now so <laughs> I hope I hope uh, Mo Salah like just leaves her, you know, just gives up football, retires. He's done enough now. He should just retire. Say you, were, say you were very worried about your your boy Romelu Lukaku when he took that, that blow to the head. <laughs> Listen, as a respected sports journalist, I leave my opinion on that to one side. 
sides and just say wish Romelu Lukaku well in his recovery. Speedy recovery. <laughs> hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's like two years of recovery. Uh, but yeah, fair play, Romelu. <sighs> fucking terrible. Some, some for fan you were. I fucking hate Romelu Lukaku. Can we please some sell him? Like, can we release him? I would be happy to release Romelu Lukaku now. Seventy-five million. I release him. I don't care. He's so. What nice. happens if uh, Martial or, or um, uh, Rashford gets injured? Then his Latin looks horrendous at the moment. James Wilson. In James Wilson, we trust. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. We're signing Dybala anyway, so it'll be grand. Sure, the only reason you're in the top four is because the Kaku banged in all the goals against the crap teams you played as a third of the season. Yeah, we'll see how good Liverpool are now when Coutinho sold. Sure, it's all over the Nike website and everything. Sure, he's gone. Sure, if Man United lost their, their best player, they'd be, they'd, be, they'd be screwed as well. But uh, I'd, I'd say, I'd say hopefully anyway, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I'd say Coutinho will be here till the end of the season. He'd be cup-tied in the Champions League with Barcelona and they've already got the league in the bag, so yeah, they don't really need him. Maybe, maybe. But sure, I think you're better off selling them anyway, but we've discussed that here. We better get into MMA because people will be tuning out uh, us talking shit about soccer. Um, let's get to UFC 219 first. And we'll co- well, let's talk about the co-main event because I think that was the biggest talking point coming out of the fight uh, and coming out of this event. Habib Nurmagomedov obviously taking Edson Barbosa to absolute pieces in this fight. Just a phenomenal technical display of wrestling uh and grit and fucking brilliance all around um what were you how impressed were you with uh Habib and Magomedov? well i was, oh. I was definitely impressed i was definitely oh, impressed like he looked very tired after only a few minutes and he looked uh afraid uh once he was taken down once which uh mm. was surprising as well because he was like you think you just think I just get back to my feet and I can start landing again like like he was, but I think the fear of the takedown made made Khabib's stri- uh, strike start to land, and I think uh, Barboza kind of the lack of ha- the lack of uh, he's got great kicks and uh, and everything, but he, I think he needs range and he needs he needs a bit of space to throw his fancy stuff, and I don't think his hands uh, looked great. Um. But obviously, Khabib once he gets to the ground, he's he's so devastating and he puts such punishment on him that that definitely is part of the the cardio problem and the being rattled and being afraid of being taken down. And we've seen that time and time again, but I don't think there was anything very like, there wasn't anything new from Khabib or anything. Like I, I think maybe people forgot how good he was or something, the way they reacted, but uh, it was just a typical Khabib performance really when, when, when he's able to get the takedown. Yeah. I thought it was uh, an excellent performance. And as you said, people may have forgotten. And it wasn't that people forgot, maybe forgot, but I think that Michael Johnson fight showed up more frailties than this fight did because he got, he got hit by Michael Johnson a couple of times and he, he did the same thing to Barboza as he did to, to, to Johnson, or he did the same to Johnson as he did to Barboza really, um, after that. But I, I tend to agree. It was, there was excellence throughout, but there was it also shows his frailties throughout. Like it reminded me a little bit in kind of the exact opposite way to McGregor against Mendes, but not as not as much. Obviously, you know, it showed McGregor's uh, takedown defense did the, the frailties there, but it showed the excellence what he, what he gets as well um, when, when he gets that up. And the same with Habib. But we'll get we'll get to McGregor in a minute. But this this fight, I thought, what makes Habib so great? Is is just his ability to stick to you, like for, first of all, even before that, he, his his ability to take you down is done by just unbelievable pressure and a willingness to get hit, to get in, to get pressure, and that's something so many fighters don't have. Like you look at guys like a Damian Maya, or you know, just tons of wrestlers, and you say, why doesn't it just work for them against other good guys? And it's just not that boldness, that that pig headedness to get in. 
get yourself hit to get the takedown because he's we we know he's not going to win on the feet against a guy like Barboza. So his only way to win is to get in and get that takedown, and he does everything he can to get it. And it's amazing how many people don't do that or don't have the ability to do that, don't have the strategy to do, strategy to do it. But I, I thought he did it really, really well. The next part of that then is to, is in the clinch. Like, is there anyone better in MMA at getting their hands clasped behind someone than Habib Nurmagomedov? I really, really don't think there is. I think he's so exceptional at doing that. And he can just get takedowns with single legs, double legs, body locks. Edson Barboza, I thought, did really, really well. Uh, the whole way through the fight really but initially to stop the body lock he was getting the hand between his hip and uh, and uh, Habib Nurmagomedov's say left or right hand and just stopping him from getting that body lock forcing him to go down to get the double legs and the single legs which ended up working but it, it, you haven't really seen people stop the body lock before against Habib Nurmagomedov, against Habib Nurmagomedov much and I thought Barboza did that extremely well but on the ground then just you can't get him off you if you move he moves with you and he just sticks to you and there's always one point of your body that's pinned down by having me have even Magomedov. and it's when it's on the ground okay it could be like your back or you, you know your arse your legs whatever but like even when uh Barbosa kind of got out and he was like on his hands and knees trying to get up he like pinned his ankles down he like pinned his feet down and held him and he couldn't get out he had a tiny part of his body held. Usually you'd be able to kick your way out and get away, but you you can't against Habib. And it's just, it's amazing how he does it. Like, anyone tries to break it down technically for you, and I don't think there's anyone in the world who can do it apart from Habib Nurmagomedov. Like, he's, he has mastered MMA wrestling. He is so, so good at it. There's never been anyone ever as good at MMA wrestling as Habib Nurmagomedov. He's that fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, particularly impressive is when he does have somebody down and they try to get up and they try to post an arm or a hand or an elbow even, he immediately just pulls it out from under them and puts them back on their back. He never lets them get their, their back or their back up against the cage so they can start standing up and he, he's just relentless. And as, um, his control from, it's it's like it's it's like a mount but down on the legs, It's the way he just kind of locks you down there, it, people just can't seem to be able to shake out like Barboza was trying to limp leg his leg out of there for a good half minute at one stage couldn't do it constantly eating punches every time he'd post his arm or his elbow to try and stand up could be able to just whip it out from under him land some more punches it's just relentless and it seems to take the kind of the spirit and make the make the, the opponents he's faced so far afraid uh afraid of being on the ground with him so uh that changes everything on the feet again then so he's uh He's vulnerable early in, in, in fights. He was eating a few kicks. Um, Barboza was getting a few shots going, moving around. But once, once he got a hold of him, it just it changed the whole fight. And it changed Barboza's, uh, Barboza's game plan, I think, was just hit the window from then. And he wasn't able to readjust. And he was tired. And he'd just been beaten up from all the ground and pound. It's, it's, these, they're not like pitter-patter punches. Like when Chael Sonnen used to be relentless on top, he'd be throwing these little punches, kind of slapping your ears, punching you, just doing enough so the ref won't stand you up. Khabib isn't doing that. Khabib is trying to hurt you with each with each strike. And he's hurting with, he's hurting his opponents with most strikes. So I think that's not even his takedown ability. His, his top control on ground and pound is probably the most impressive uh, part of his game, in my opinion. Yeah, like I thought Edson Barboza fought excellently in this fight. Like, especially at the start, he was doing everything needed. I, I did a video over on our YouTube page talking about it, that he needed to throw leg kicks, to whip in those leg kicks, ones that you couldn't get taken down from, and he didn't get taken down from him. You need to circle quickly. He did that. You need to hit with your hands before you throw your leg kicks. He did that. If you get against the clinch, you need to break his hands, not let him get him clasped behind his back. He did that. And he still got taken down, and he still got 
arguably three 10-8 rounds against him. It's like, that's how good Habib Nurmagomedov is, to be honest. Like, it, it, how better can you fight against Habib in a technical matchup like that than, than Edson Barboza did? I'm not sure you can. And like, that begs the question, is the only way to beat Habib Nurmagomedov to knock him out or to be better at what he does than he is and there's nobody better at what he does than he is unless you get a bigger guy maybe someone like like a Maya maybe or like a um a Tyron Woodley or someone with a really good a really good uh guard and even someone really good guard I don't think really has has much of a chance against him but we, I suppose we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes with uh with McGregor and everything on the scoring I thought the first round I thought the first round was a 10-9 um I thought the first minute around Edson did a good bit of damage you know he hit him with a lot of those leg kicks and make no mistake about it they count he threw a good few uh, a good few strikes hit him with them he broke off the clinch um and then Habib got him down it was definitely close to 10-8 but I, I would have called it a 10-9 to be honest but the the other three the other two rounds sorry were 10-8 but you have to respect I think Edson as well how how tough he was and how he he kept going and uh, he never stopped for one second in that fight, and he, you know he almost knocked him out at the end with that with that wheel kick. But it was, yeah, it was it was a dominant display for it to be. I thought it was a little unfair on Edson for it to be like I, I think uh, fights um, made decisions. Sorry, tweeted that it was the biggest scorecard differential in the history of the UFC in three rounds fights, which you know it was definitely a domination, all right. But uh, for as well as Edson thought, I thought that was a bit, uh, you know, that was a bit sad to see. Yeah, I, I thought the first round was a 10-9 as well, but yeah, the the, the second and third were definitely 10-8s. Uh, they were complete uh, destructions, even though, as you say, Barboza landed a couple of a big strikes that maybe uh, could have had Khabib in trouble, but they just didn't quite land uh, cleanly enough. But uh, yeah, no, they were definitely 10-8s, and it was definitely a dominant win. I think um, I was expecting Barboza to be able to, to use his punches better than he was. I, I know he's known for his kicks, and he needs a bit of space, but I thought against Khabib, who... Um, isn't great on the feet in any aspect, really. Uh, is uh, would be that Edson would be able to to use his punches better, but he just never seemed to be able to get them, get them going. And once um, once could be initially got a, a take or two. Uh, he he kind of he knew he kind of had a Barbosa finish, or he knew he had him kind of on the back foot, and he was able to land some punches of his own. And um. It was basically all downhill from the first takedown for Barboza, but that just shows how much... Because we see guys getting taken down and get back up and, and turn fights around, but it never looked like Barboza was going to turn it around due to the, the damage he took, uh, and it seemed like he was a bit gassed as well. Yeah, I, I actually thought Habib was a bit tired in the end as well, uh, coming towards the end of the third round, and I suppose you can expect that. But it'll be interesting to see when he does get into the championship fight, fighting five rounds. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I think you, maybe he he knew it was three rounds, so he kind of goes all out, and if he yeah. knew it was five rounds, he might conserve his energy a bit better. But yeah, he hasn't been five rounds uh, at all, has he? So um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Like He, he went three rounds with the Sanyos, uh at a high pace and was, was able to go. So I think with, with a bit of game planning he, he won't have much problem going five yeah yeah to. but it, yeah it's interesting let's talk about those possible five round fights coming up um obviously habib is is there as the number one contender now tony ferguson is the interim champion and conor mcgregor is the lightweight champion mcgregor tweeted that he wants him to to beg and suck his ditties <laughs> i think he's uh not exactly his words but something like that uh that he needs big money as well to come back if they're for the UFC to pay him his work to come back to fight either Habib or Tony Ferguson. If you were to predict over the next six months what happens in the lightweight division, what would you say was going to happen? 
I'd say the most likely is Ferguson and Connor, but um, like anything can happen in MMA if if Tony picks up an injury or something like that, or the UFC could just go a completely different way if they if they thought that if they thought that uh, maybe I don't know what the numbers are going to be on this UFC two hundred nine pay per view, but I don't expect them to be that high. But maybe if, maybe <clears throat> if the numbers come back unexpectedly high, they they might be thinking that might be due to Khabib. I, um, I know Cyborg and Holly Holm was the main event, but uh, having a strong uh, co-main event and main card always, always helps as well. But I, I just don't see it coming back as a big pay-per-view that, that will change the minds of, of people. And I think people want to see the, the Tony Ferguson fight. There has been a good, pe- good few fans and stuff calling for the Khabib Connor, but I think it's more kind of knee-jerk right after the fight. I think Tony mm-hmm. is kind of next in line. Is that what you want to see? Do you want to see the Tony fight? Um... Uh, I prefer to see the Khabib fight, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm really a bit torn. I put up a, I put up a poll about this, and I think everyone is kind of torn. We, I want to see all those fights. I want to see Khabib Connor. I want to see Tony Connor. I want to see Tony versus Khabib. Um, but I really don't know what's going to happen. Like, is McGregor going to come back quick enough? Is he going to let them fight it out and then fight them maybe international fight week? That's going to be a long time out of the cage as well for McGregor. You know, I know he fought McGregor in a bo- or in uh, sorry Mayweather in a boxing match, but that's going to be a long time out of the cage as well. I wonder is that, and he's thinking that he maybe he needs to get back a little bit quicker. You know, get into uh, you know get into three month camp now and maybe get back and get a fight in before international fight week or something like that. That that could be that could be an issue for me. Like usually I have. I have a strong opinion on which fight I want to see, but this one, as you said, the recency bias. I don't know if you're to put a gun to my head to choose now. I'd say Habib versus Connor, <coughs> but maybe in a couple of weeks I'll say different. And a couple of weeks ago I might have said different as well. But it's it's just such a great division there at the top of uh, you know at the top of the lightweight division. And it's, yeah, especially if they can get Nate Diaz back involved. If they could get Nate Diaz and Khabib going and Tony and Connor going. That would create a lot, a lot of buzz, I think, and that would that would uh, that would do big numbers. If uh, even if even if they put Khabib and Nate on a different card, I think that would do good pay per views. And I think the, 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 obviously the two winners facing each other uh, would would do, if especially if Connor's involved, would do really really big numbers. Yeah, I don't know. Is Nate gonna come back to, for that? I'd say he'll only come back for a Connor fight. But how? How do you think? I think it's a money thing more than a Connor thing with Nate. I think he just wants to get paid similar money that he got paid for the the rematch with Connor, but the UFC are reluctant. But if it's kind of been a bit of a lull with Connor in the game, and um, the GSP kind of pay per view kind of saved the day nearly for for the, or saved the year nearly for them. But is GSP going to come back again? They're going to need Diaz at some stage, I think, unless unless a new pay per view star comes out, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, like all those guys are options as well for McGregor. Like if he if he is only wanting to fight those big mega money matches, it's going to be GSP next. Like I, I don't think there's another option if he wants that. But maybe he wants to see if he can become, you know, the the A side like Fly Mayweather did, where he can sell, you know, one point five or two million just by himself without a big uh, without a big guy like Nate Diaz alongside him, or without a GSP, maybe that's in his thinking. Maybe he doesn't ever. Well, he kind of already did that with Eddie Alvarez, didn't he? I suppose I had the two belts kind of storyline yeah, on. It does, yeah, but, yeah, but that Floyd Mayweather fight was a game changer as well. Like whatever, six million people worldwide. Three, what is it? Three point five, four million, whatever it is, in America. I watched him on pay per view for that. Like, uh, there, I bet you there's a thinking like, how is that going to translate? Can that translate into Conor McGregor on his own with, you know, a another opposite him getting, you know, uh, getting two million pay-per-view buys? I wonder, is, is that something he might be thinking about? That, like, Tony Ferguson, we know him, ever, you know, he's a great fighter. 
if he puts if he does like two million against Tony Ferguson, he can do two million against anyone probably. And I, the, I, the, you know. the fact that Khabib is undefeated and that you can show highlights of <clears throat> Connor, this is where people say Connor's weak and this is where <clears throat> Khabib's strong. I think they can make a good like people like undefeated guys, especially when you have twenty five and zero or twenty six and zero. What's Khabib twenty five and zero now? Twenty five and zero, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that you can that you can sell that. I think uh, Khabib is good at talking as well. He's he's kind of built a lot of interest um tony has as well to a certain extent but i think i think the the fact that that, that tony holds a belt and the, uh, i think maybe historically the guy holding the belt would, would sell better but i think for, for some reason i have a feeling that if if could be with the undefeated record and the, the back and forth between them and the style matchup on top of that w- would probably sell more yeah if you're going for what would sell more if you're looking at ranking them gsp one nate two Habib three, Tony four, which is weird because Tony, as you said, has the belt, but belt mean absolutely not. Where would where would Woodley go in there? Do you think? Mm. <sighs> Going up and getting another belt, yeah, he'd probably be, he'd probably be above Habib, maybe. That'd be that'd be a big mm. fight as well, yeah. But like, it, it's a difficult one to say because it, it, as uh, as I said before, like everyone is just waiting on Conor McGregor. He holds the world in he, the world in his hands, and you know he kind of always has. But the, this thing about you know the belts, I, I said at the time it was a bad time to give Tony Ferguson the interim belt. Like McGregor just finished the Floyd Mayweather fight. You know he was talking about coming back at the end of the year. You know even if he comes back in a couple of you know a couple of months time or whatever. I thought it was just a weird time. Like you, that Habib fight now would be absolutely perfect because Tony's a great fighter and all, but he, you know, people don't really know him, and you know that that's a big issue. I think it's going to be for McGregor if they want him to come back and and fight Tony. That's why I think he did come out and kind of call out Habib, put out those tweets about you know his fur jacket and everything. McGregor, uh, you know, people. Let's talk about the matchups here and McGregor against Habib. People for a long time have talked about McGregor dodging people and all, and to be honest, I've never believed that, and I think most people in the know have never believed it. And I think, I think if Habib was the big fight, was the the fight that fell together, I think McGregor would take that in a, in a, in a second. Whether he'd win or not, that's another question. But would you agree with that? Do you think he he'd take that fight in a second? Yeah, I think he'd take that. I think all these guys at the very top level in in the UFC and the, like they all believe in themselves. Like the, these are, these guys aren't afraid. Like this always gets thrown around by fans. By fans, or this guy's afraid of this guy. Like and especially at the top level, all the guys have ridiculous self belief, and none of them are afraid of each other. They all think they're they'll win. Yeah, I, I agree. How do you think that fight will go, though, McGregor versus Habib? I know we've talked about it before, but fresh from the Habib fight this week, how yeah, do you think it'll go? Yeah, I think I think Conor would knock him out early. I think uh, this is it's just too easy to hit. Could be even. Um, I just think you get cracked early, and that would be that would be it. Um, but but it wouldn't be. It's not clear cut. Like if 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 Khabib can get a takedown and get, land some damage, that changes everything. That changes the whole fight. Like and um, he's relentless on top. And he, as we were saying earlier, he's not just landing pitter patter punches. He's he's trying to land damage on top and. But every round starts on his feet as well, and I think Connor's boxing is going to be even better than than it was when he when he destroyed Eddie Alvarez. I think I think people kind of showed a lot of disrespect towards towards Eddie Alvarez. I, mm-hmm. I, I know I, I know Connor kind of made a fool of him, but I think people didn't want to give Connor the credit, so it was easier it was easier to say, "Oh, Eddie Alvarez was crap," or or "Oh, terrible terrible game plan," or he was never that good, or whatever. It was easier just to discredit Eddie Alvarez to keep the narrative going in their own head. Uh, of of Connor is not that good, so um, yeah, I think I think I think Connor would just would just have too much 
early on the feet. Connor's devastating early and Khabib's vulnerable early, so I think that would play into Connor's hand, but it's definitely not clear-cut. If Khabib can get a takedown, it changes everything. I think this is the most interesting fight in MMA because I said earlier about Habib, if if you let him get close to you, if you give him time, he's going to take you down, he's going to destroy you. And what what's the one thing that could beat him? As you said, every round starts on its feet. It's that explosive one punch knockout. And that's what Conor McGregor has. And then you look at the other side of it, Conor McGregor's x-factor obviously is that one punch knockout power but his biggest problem is the wrestling and habib is the best wrestler so like connor is habib's kryptonite and habib is connor's kryptonite Uh, putting them together nobody knows what's going to happen in that fight and that's what's brilliant about fights like that that's the those are the fights we want to see you know like if mcgregor fought ferguson and i'm kind of making my mind up here from the fight i said earlier i think mcgregor would knock out you know, he'd take him down and something it wouldn't be easy by all means, but I do I'd favor McGregor to knock him out. You know, lots of other fights you can favor ones, you might be right or wrong. But this one, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know which way it's gonna happen. It's gonna be a McGregor knockout, it's gonna be Habib taking him down and riding him out, destroying him. Like it's 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 literally a 50-50 fight, I think. I really, really do think that because McGregor has that ability. It took it took Habib Nurmagomedov. I think it was 54 seconds to get Edson Barboza against the cage. Then he broke away, and it took him maybe another 30, 40 seconds or something to to get him down in the first round. Give Conor McGregor that amount of time to land a couple of shots, and he could do serious damage. Like, he's going to do more. As you said, Barboza, and I said it last week, this is not just big after the fact. Barboza's hands, and in general, Barboza is not a big knockout artist. Now he has knocked the guys out big, but he, he is a, a decision guy, a guy who'll beat you up and absolutely destroy you over three or four rounds, make great reads, and land big knockouts like that. He's not a step back land a left hook, knock you out in 11 seconds type of guy, where McGregor has done that a few times. You know, he's absolutely Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez up in a round and a half, could knock him out earlier. You know, that second eight DS fight, he knocked him down, what was it, three times in the first six or seven minutes of that fight. He is one of those guys that can make it pay early on. Uh, and even, as you said as well, he is a guy that, like Ch- with Chad Mendes, can get taken down, can get destroyed for a round and a half, then get back up and knock you out. Uh, after that happens, but he's also a guy that who, as we saw against Chad Mendes, who can get taken down, who can get uh, get roasted on the uh, on top. He can get submitted. We saw him; he's been submitted three times uh, in his career. All his losses are by submission, so he definitely has a deficiency on the ground. And Habib is the best on the ground. I literally, I want this fight to happen so much. I really, really, yeah. it'd be it'd be a tragedy if this fight doesn't happen. In, yeah, it's in, a brilliant fight, and the funny thing about it is you'll you'll have fans of Khabib saying that it's, oh, it's going to be an easy win for him, and you'll have fans of McGregor saying it's going to be an easy win for him, and both of them could be right depending on how it plays out. Yeah. But it's definitely not a it's 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 a really interesting one. Um, Khabib, would he would he be more? I know he's relentless and he's he's quick to go for the takedown, but would he be even more uh, quick to go for the takedown against Connor, knowing that Connor has shown this knockout power in the past? Maybe he would. Maybe he'd. Maybe he'd go full Ben Askren on it, or Cain Velasquez in the second JDS fight. Maybe that that would be his strategy, and he just knows that if he gets one takedown, it changes the fight. So it's very interesting. It's really, really interesting. But I think maybe thinking about it, the Ferguson fight is a safer one for the UFC due to Khabib's weight issues as well. Like w- one, one, like he didn't even make one fifty five, did he? He made one fifty six. He couldn't, he couldn't get that last pound off the the last time against Tony Ferguson. So 
I think that's kind of put Khabib back a little bit. Like, but maybe if, the, as I say, if the pay per views come in unexpectedly high, that would change that, and they take the risk of of Khabib and his weight. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much in this fight, like, and and in this what fight is going to happen. But yeah, at, at the moment, God, I, I find it hard to call it. To be honest, I, I really don't know. You, I think you said turn Tony there earlier. I still think the GSP fight is the fight that's going to happen just because of what McGregor did last. GSP could be out for a while though, couldn't he? Yeah, but mm, yeah, I don't know. I think he just kind of said that to get get away away from the middle way. He definitely has a, an injury and, and the disease and all, but. I think if the big money came along, he'd be he'd be okay to fight through. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it as well was putting on the weight to get up and to keep eating and like that. And when when you're such you, you know he's been an unbelievably like clean eater, disciplined guy. That's that's what GSP is like. That's what the greatness is in him is his discipline. And I think him having to be disciplined in a different way, having to consume more stuff that that's not good for your body. Like you know. You know, I know myself, like, when you change your fucking eating habits and stuff, it kind of fucks you up and you, your stomach and everything. That's probably what happened to GSP. And I'd say if he goes back to normal, maybe, you know, tweaks things around again, he can he can get through that. Now, I'm no doctor, obviously, but um, I think if he needs to, he, he can get in but that, for that McGregor fight. But all of those, I, like, it's weird because, right, if you're looking at, say, maybe McGregor's preferences or money preferences, you know, as I, I listed them earlier, GSP, number one, whatever, you know, Tony Habib, or sorry, um, Woodley Habib, maybe number two, then Tony, uh, you know, and Nate as well, obviously, in there as well. But, like, from my preferences, i probably go Habib, number one, maybe, Tony, number two, uh, GSP, number three, and then maybe Nate and Woodley after that, possibly. But, there's, there's just there's just so many great fights there and yeah I mean, it's really I mean, hard to speculate about what what's going to happen with connor next because he's as we, we've learned over the years it's very unpredictable the ufc are trying seems like there's negotiations going on they're trying to get a new deal done that's going to be a big part of it as well so it's it's very hard to know what's going to bring what's him up. Happen and when 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 it is connor is going to return bring him up there go on see can we get if him he even does return like is it, is it a, yeah. like is it 100 he returns i don't think so but i'd say it's i'd say it's it's definitely more than likely but um I'd say there's a small chance he doesn't, but I, I'd be surprised. Give me a text there. Say, "Here, Connor, we're doing a podcast. Any chance you want to announce your next fight there? The next in the next ten minutes, we're recording live." See you. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we, we better move on because we're going to spend the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Cyborg versus Holly Holm. This, yeah. Thought, Did you think this was close? I didn't think this was close at all. I thought it was a fifty forty five. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. Well, easy. I don't know what people were talking about. <laughs> I, I I could see fifty forty five. A couple of close rounds, but I did, I thought they were like they weren't that hard to score. I thought Holly won one round, to be honest, but I thought it was a generally close fight. I didn't think it was the decision was close or anything. Like it would have been a robbery if Holly Holm had won. Yeah, I think so. But I thought it was the general way the fight played out. I thought it was close. Like uh, Cyborg didn't blow her away the way she blows away other people. I thought Holly Holm was in the fight for the whole fight. Um, Cyborg looked looked very good. Like Holly, Holly is what Holly is. You know, she's not a great fighter. She's just simple as that. But I thought she did did fight very well for fighting someone for fighting someone like Chris Cyborg that Cyborg's forward pressure was very good her ability to pick shots was great she didn't get countered by by Holly Holm she was countering Holly Holm very very well um I thought Holly's 
clinch game was good. I I kind of predicted that she'd do that and go for a bit of rest, and she couldn't really take Chris down. She kind of tried a couple of times. I don't know if she did try, did she? She's kind of just well, happy she, enough to hold her up against the cage yeah, and kind of get, get a breather and kind of maybe zap a bit of energy. I think Chris did well to get kind of the underhooks and stuff as well, and it maybe was zapping the energy as well. Yeah, to go over five rounds, but yeah, I thought they both they both fought well. I, like, if if it's not Amanda Nunez. Who's she going to fight next? I wouldn't mind seeing the rematch. I, I I really enjoyed the fight, to be honest. I know it was Cyborg won dominantly, but Cyborg going to beat everyone dominantly. She's literally unbeatable. But, uh, yeah. I think what, somebody what, what who can wrestle her, I think her, her <coughs> yeah. way to beat her is somebody who can wrestle her. And Amanda Nunes can definitely do that. Uh, she's definitely really strong early, but Cyborg would be a lot bigger than her as well. So uh, if they were the same size, I'd definitely, I'd definitely back Nunes to be able to get a takedown or two, and that would change the fight. And I think maybe she could win from there, but the size difference might be too big and um it's hard to know though like if you're not going to go with amanda nunez like ollie home has lost what she beat uh, betch go but besides that she'd lost like four of her last five yeah it'd be tough to put her back in there um people be excited about it especially as another main event i don't think you could sell you could sell it as another pay-per-view main event but maybe you could you could do i don't i don't really want to see it again though to be honest uh straight away maybe down the line i think um i think amanda nunes probably is the way to go yeah i really don't know amanda nunes yeah is but i don't know she's gonna come up and fight her i'd love to see jermaine the randomly fight as well but she's obviously run run from cyborg for ages cats and gano has been talked about she she could be one but as you said, none of those are great wrestlers that are going to are going to wrestle. Maybe Zangano, because Zangano's big and she can do a bit of wrestling and stuff. As you said, Nunes as well. But I think that, yeah, I'd love to see the Nunes fight. I think it's a great fight, but it's really tough. I, I, we talked about it last week, like coming into this fight, it, who was next? And Nunes maybe, but who after that even? There's no one. It's, it's a really difficult situation this women's featherweight uh, division is in. There's no such thing. There's no division, really. And, like, who are they going to bring in from outside? You know, they brought in Tanya Evinger, and she was the one big one outside of it. You know, She got a couple of takedowns, even though she was getting destroyed, but she wasn't really able to do anything with them. But she did, She wasn't. It was a short notice. She didn't look in shape. Mm-hmm. It could be a different story. Like, I know um, maybe Shevchenko, like, it's not a striking matchup, but she's big for the for the division below. Um, I know, I know, uh, Judana Pena just lost to Shevchenko, but maybe she'd be a good style matchup, um, against, uh, against Cyborg. But like, you wouldn't pick any of these people to, to beat her straight up, but you're just trying to see somebody who might be able to challenge her in a, in a different way. Yeah, I, I really do think she's unbeatable. I, I really, really are. And nobody's unbeatable, but, but yeah, she is like, there's no one going to beat her. I'm looking through the whole rankings there, and there's no one going to beat her. Like, is Ronda Rousey going to come back to fight her? Looks like Ronda Rousey's going to WWE. It doesn't no, look like no, that's going to happen. Fight. He's not going to beat her anyway, so it's it's a difficult one. But I suppose on, on this fight as well, before we, we, we get away from it, like uh, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of Cyborg's newfound kind of technical game. Uh, it's good, and she's definitely improved as a fighter, but, you know, Cyborg came into the UFC, and, you know, people were talking about her being... Um, <clears throat> a big star and and about being a big draw and i don't think she's going to do that without without first round knockouts yeah without those big first round knockouts i just don't think it is like she's not a particularly likable character to be honest you know i i don't know maybe that's just me but i think most people are like that i think she's a she's a grand person but she's not she doesn't really have that charisma of you know 
you know, even a Cormier or, a, you know, a McGregor or even well, very well spoken, like a Tyron Woodley or, or someone like that, or, you know, kind of funny, like Max Holloway and just a great fighter as well. She, she, what she is, is a great fighter and a great knockout artist at Demi, you know, the fucking Mike Tyson of MMA, absolutely knocking people solid. And she's just, if she doesn't, if she doesn't do that anymore, I, and, and with no other challengers as well, especially when these challengers aren't great. Now, Holly One was good. I, I take it back for her, but this Tanya Avenger wasn't wasn't a great display as well. I think the next one really needs to be a big, strong knockout. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the, the highlight really you could probably you could probably just you could probably just give her a couple a couple more kind of nice easy fight to kind of establish her as a long reigning champion add to the knockout reel and then maybe holly will have a couple of wins by then you could put her back in there or, or a new contender will will emerge or or deranger and will be back by that stage or just kind of buy yourself time by give, by giving her a couple of couple of fights that maybe suit her style wise and that can maybe get her back to them first round knockouts that she was known for outside of the ufc yeah, hundred percent. Right, let's move on. Mark G. Casey, your boy Mark G. Casey, came in here quiet enough, kind of first round, um, back and forth. A hooker and maybe barely won it. I thought it was very close to you, Casey. Oh, really? oh, yeah, I, don't I know. thought. Well, I thought the first round. I thought the first round. Was, was, like I thought the taking at the end. He didn't really get anything off. I thought yeah. Casey landed the better strikes, but it was close, and it could have went either way. But I, I probably would have edged it for Casey. Yeah, second either round. way. Yeah, the Casey definitely won the second. Yeah, I thought Jacasey won the second, and I thought he was winning the third, and he was doing well on the feet, and then he shot from very far out on a on a takedown and, and into a guillotine, and it was just a very bad decision uh, in the moment. I think his I think his corner had told him that he didn't they didn't want to see any more takedown attempts as well in, in between rounds. So I don't know if they called for that or if he just thought it would be a nice easy takedown to try and try and like uh, put a like the first round was very close as we, as we were saying it could have went either way just to kind of make sure that if it was to go to a decision that he was going to get the decision so you don't know what the thinking is but it seemed like he was he was lighting hooker up on the feet especially where he wasn't lighting him up the whole fight he was probably edging him out in the fight but then edging him out in the rounds but then right before he went for the takedown he seemed to be lighting him up a bit and it was a strange decision but hooker did really well like you know he spotted the opening took took advantage of it brilliantly and it was a really nice guillotine it was a big victory for Daniel Hooker, who obviously looks way better at uh, 155 than he did at 145. And it, it, <laughs> he said he'd, he'd prefer. What did he say? He said he said something about he never got back down there, but he said he preferred to, to die or something and go back down to 45. Yeah. Hooker is a very very good fighter as well. I think you know that that fight against Jason Knight, maybe where where he lost, and and Yair Rodriguez as well. You might you know say that he's now one of the big, big prospects. Was that as you said, moving up to uh, 155. <clears throat> has definitely helped him, but I was it, it was an odd fight because Dick Casey, like he was taking over that fight. You know, as I said, first round was close, you could have given it to or given it either way. But Dick Casey was he was going for that win. I thought he was going to get the finish in that third round. It wasn't his best performance by any means, but yeah, it was it was just weird the way, the way he dived for the takedown. You know, it wasn't you know, you see a lot of guys they maybe get a guy hurt and then go for a takedown, you know, to get that ground upon. But it was kind of, he got him hurt, he was backing up and then he like dove for a takedown from the other side. Yeah, it was too far out, yeah. yeah. it was very odd and, and got caught. And Cooker's a guy as well. I think he's seven submission wins now in his career. And, you know, doing that uh, against a guy who's that good, he's a couple of guillotines as well, I believe, is very dangerous. But I still, I, 
I still think the Casey has championship potential. I think he still think he's really, really good, and you know he's still pretty new into his he's career. Still, he's still pretty raw, I think. Geek. I think that was shown, and even in in that in that decision, he will probably never make that decision again. You know, and you kind of need to make these mistakes. I think the first round he was trying to land all this spinning stuff when he should have just been more kind of fundamentals, maybe. Like, but you know, this takes experience, and uh, Dan Hooker obviously took advantage of it well and had a good game plan to not let give uh, Chikese space in order to land his flashy stuff in the first round. So it was it was a kind of mixture of a, a good game plan for Hooker and a bad game plan for for Jacuzzi, or at least a bad decision in the moment. Yeah, after that, then uh, Carla Sparza and uh, Cindy Cavio put on a close fight. I really yeah. struggled to, to to score this one. I, I, did you? I'm yeah. Fine. Yeah. I'm, what did you? What did you say? I, I, I thought I thought Carla Carla won it. I I, I didn't definitely didn't see Calvillo's uh, thinking she was robbed. It was definitely what definitely no, was. Uh, yeah. She was she was giving out stink afterwards and screen. There was a video. So I think one of the medium or one of the fans or media put up of, of her shouting it was a disgrace at, at ringside but i thought uh i thought that um kind of as far as i kind of figured her out and took over the over the fight that went on and i thought she won the the second and the third and the first was was, was close as well so i don't definitely don't think there was any robbery there and i think i would i would support it for carla as well yeah i suppose it's disappointing for the division calvio was the next big thing there and well, definitely, she's still though like she's yeah. young in her career. She hasn't had that many fights. Carla, as far as is very experienced and has has been a champion and in the UFC, even if it was in the infancy stages of the of the division. Um, she's fought like yeah, Joanna. She's, she, she's fought she's fought Rose and beaten Rose. So um, yeah, you know, she's definitely no joke. And Clavier will be back. Yeah, hundred percent. Neil Magnin against Carlos Condit. Yeah, Carlos Condit looked looked pretty bad, didn't he? He didn't look great. Uh, he couldn't get his timing. Um, he, he was taken down too easily, as he as he always was. Um, he just didn't look great. Uh, timeout is is we always talk about it. The game moves on really quickly. Um, I think a couple of years ago, I think we were saying on the podcast when we were making these big. A couple of years ago, he would have went with Condit, no problem in this fight. Mm-hmm. But it was one he didn't really know which which way it was going to go because. Because of uh, the punishment that um, and, and damage that Con has taken over the years, and the fact that he was kind of thinking about retiring, and plus plus being out that long as well, it was it was a lot. But uh, fair play to Magni, he's 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 probably the biggest win of his career, even though even though it's a it looked like Con wasn't himself, but maybe maybe that was mostly or partly at least partly down to to Magni and the improvements he's made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best fight of all time, but um, no. yeah, it's. It's it's definitely uh it's definitely a tough one to take for Condit, but uh, I think on the undercard that stood out to you. Um, not a good win from Miles Jury, but uh, I think I think the the Smolka fight. I think there was kind of Louis Smolka was kind of we thought he was gonna when he when he was first in the UFC he was get, he was a, a slow starter, but he was able to just scramble his way out of things and pull off pull off impressive victory, victories, and he seems to be getting better and better. But his striking just hasn't really evolved it, it's it, it, when he was first in the UFC it seemed like a striking was coming on but it seems to have plateaued and uh, he took he took a bit of a beating uh, in this fight but uh, your man your man Nikolai look or Nicolo looks 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 pretty good he looks like he's a good prospect he, he looked very strong and he was able to, to stop the scrambles of Smolka which which uh, usually are what kind of turns the fight uh, for Smolka if he is to win so that was a, that was a good win and um Disappointing to see Smolka, what is he, 11 and 5 now? I, I kind of expected better from him, but he's still young and he could turn it around, but it's not looking good for him now. Um, and the opener, I thought he was nice. Anaconda choke from Tim Elliott. That was, that was very nice. 
Um, Mark De La Rosa was, I think he was undefeated. He was 10 and now, was he? Let me just double check that. He was, oh no, he was 9 and now. Now he's 9 and 1. So that, that was a good victory over over a guy who was going out there choking every, everybody he was fighting and uh, recently. So, um, yeah, Tim Elliott, we always talk about Tim Elliott. He's, he's awkward and he's unorthodox and he has some, some nice some nice submissions and was that, he, that was a big win for him. Yeah, that was a 135, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, maybe it was just because it was on short notice or something, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and Tim Elliott looked big as well. He's, he's just a big guy. Like mm-hmm. in the 125 cut, I don't know how he was making that. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's move on. Ryzen had a card last week as well, and we won't be breaking down this whole card or anything. Just a general, a general kind of chat about Ryzen. They had good wins here for uh, Mirko Krokop. Obviously, you know, I think he's on the best win streak of his career after this. Kyoji Haraguchi, one of the best fly. I think he's the best flyweight in the world with Mighty Mouse, obviously in a different universe, but he he's absolutely excellent. Um, you know, they, we don't get to see like Cejudo yeah. and Haraguchi, and we don't get to see like it's just a disappointment that they let Haraguchi go without much of a fight. What do you see? I mean, yeah, Manel Cape was, was on this as well. Uh, against Haraguchi, beat uh, Uncle Creepy Ian McCall by uh, <laughs> in, uh bizarre, in Ian McCall esque. Like, Ian McCall just when a fight and something crazy is going to happen, and he's not going to make it to the fight, or he's going to get cut by a rope, or just, just I don't know what's he's cursed. <laughs> yeah. I don't even believe in curses, but there's something going on there. Madness, absolute madness. But but uh, Manuel Cape or Cape, actually, even though he obviously he, he got he got beaten by Haraguchi in the in the semi final with a head and arm choke, but he he looked really good. He got dropped a couple of times by Haraguchi, but he managed to come back and he looks like he has a good bit of potential. Um, but yeah, Haraguchi two fights in one night. He had a couple of cuts. He got dropped by a, by a headbutt in the in the Manuel Cape fight, but the ref was actually brilliant to him. Haraguchi had already dropped Cape a couple of times, and and like a lot of refs would have missed that, and maybe Cape would end up getting the win, getting the win. But the refs saw straight away that he was dropped, that Haraguchi was dropped by a headbutt, and he stepped in, and gave him time to recover, and then uh, Haraguchi got the got the head and arm choke in the end, and then he fought in the in the final later that night, and, and got a nice right hook knockout over uh, Ish Ishiwata Tara Atari. <laughs> I absolutely blew that. He's, he's but, a you know, all the, I, I'm terrible at all these uh, Japanese names and these mad Russian-esque names and yeah. it's, tough, it's tough to remember all these. What about Gabby Garcia? Like, why, why are they putting her in a weight class? Like, what's that about? Like, she's fighting like a 98-year-old woman who's about... I, mean, I, I was listening to uh, Dave Meltzer's podcast and apparently the lady she was supposed to be fighting was... I don't know if she's an Olympian, but she was a very good judoka anyway at 145. So, like... What's the crack about making weight? We know well, there's just nobody else, is there? Like, who, no. he's, he's going to find somebody who's big but doesn't have any skill. I suppose that's it. Would look better on the stare down. It would look better on the posters. So maybe that is a better way to go than to try and get somebody who's. A, but there is is no there is is no division for her. There isn't like no. there's barely a division for cyborg uh, one forty five. Yeah. Never mind Yeah, whatever the hell she weighs walking around. Heavyweight. Yeah, it's like I what she weighs when she's yeah. not. She, what is she walking around as like there isn't many women in MMA professional MMA anywhere near her weight yeah she looks like uh, she's a fucking diet of Mexican supplements and not much else to be honest but the fucking she's an animal like she lost she used to be like really fat and stuff years ago but she lost a shitload of weight and is fairly fucking fairly fucking uh, what's the word I'm looking for here I don't know. I've I've known nothing about muscles and stuff like that. But she's, she's <laughs> stuff anyway. Yeah, she's she's uh. She, but it's stupid. Like, but why are people acting like this is real MMA? Like, this is this is like a pro wrestling. People love the freak show. Monster. People love the freak show. Like, yeah, but the, people, so it's, it's, it's Bellator and Strikeforce and all them. They, they like their biggest fights are them freak show yeah. fights. 
Like, I've no problem with the freak show, but why are people like, oh, she's a disgrace. She missed weight by 27 pounds. Like, what the fuck you talk? Like, if she had made weight, she's still outweighing her by about fucking 100 pounds. Like, it's still a freak show. What are you talking about? What does an extra 27 pounds make? They, they should have made the fight anyway. It was a lot of shite not letting that fight go on. Like, it was, it was a lot of shite making it in the first place, if you want to argue that. Fair enough. But then after she missed weight by 27 pounds... But after she's missed weight by that much, the other one's well within her rights is to say, this isn't what I agreed to. Ah, but the other one knew what she was fucking agreeing to. Like, fucking hell. You know, but I think it, she probably thought... Well, like, I don't know. I wasn't paying that close attention to the, to the whole situation. But uh, I'd say your one probably was thinking maybe, like, her having to cut all this weight was the only kind of way that her method of victory would be increased or her chances of victory would be increased. Yeah. It was fucking pro wrestling, like I don't know. Was it was it planned maybe that they do this? And I don't know. Maybe someone was sick or something, and they didn't want to have him actually fight. Gabby Garcia's like mm. nose is bleeding and stuff. She released a, a video of that. So I don't know. Maybe well, it works because we're talking about it anyway. So exactly. it's been a crack. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I just thought the outrage was fucking hilarious. Like you're outraged that she missed weight, but like it was grand. If she'd made weight and fought uh, like a 95 year old woman who's 150 pounds lighter than her, like it would have been grand. But yeah, not a fucking shite. Shite hawks, everyone out there. That's all you are. <laughs> so, actually, before we move on to next week's card, what did you think about um, this uh, Jackson Winklejohn photographer who called Cyborg a man and has now been banned by the UFC from getting media credentials? That was... Um, yeah. Um, it was terrible. Like, but, like, there's... there's I don't know. Like, do you, do you, yeah. is, is, is that a believable story that it was some fall guy? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> I think it is. I think it probably like mm. there's loads of hangers on in gyms like that in fairness. But like <laughs> why are they given access to the to the they was posted <laughs> off the actual like like team account, was it? Yeah, I think so. But like I don't think like Greg Jackson or Michael Lincoln run doing this. But I think like the UFC and media member I mean media are sorry, um promotions in general need to be very picky about their who they let media like yeah. like I remember one of the events there this year. There was a fella sitting on press row, just sitting there eating a box of popcorn for the whole thing in Ireland. Like, I want the events I was at. It's oh, like, yeah. You see people drinking pints and stuff. It's yeah. It's like, what What the fuck? Like, he's not a media member. Like, he's making us look bad having someone like that there. Like, if you see someone like that who's no laptop out in front of him, or, uh, no phone or no iPad, and he's just sitting there for the night uh, eating popcorn, he should be told to leave. The, the media person or the PR person for that... Uh, promotion should get up and tell him to leave like he's not he's not there he's not doing his job like none of us would care like if i was sitting there and i was doing that i was drinking pints like and if i was told to leave i'd be i deserve to be told to leave like you know it's not just you know i don't even know who the person was i don't know who he's working for maybe he just blagged his way in there or something but he had a media pass on him like and that that happens a lot like and and i think they really do need to be more picky you know a lot of people in your work and stuff uh but you know it's it's very very odd that 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 was allowed to happen like team photographers like that okay fair enough if they you know they, they should be allowed to, you know there's great guys out there obviously look Dave Fogarty is one of them he's worked for us for ages he, he obviously Conor McGregor's guy now you know Ryan Loco Lazy the Savage stuff all great guys but like guys that are, are girls or whatever that don't you know don't act normally or don't act professionally they shouldn't be allowed to do it because they make the other people there look bad i think and uh yeah it's just it's a, as you said a, a while back about um about uh, that uh, no john henry said about everton what was it again it was um oh do you remember that what did he say john henry said about everton he said oh, about everton oh fuck i was really came up with my facebook memories the other day 
Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. It's like a shit, not a shit show, but like. Uh, uh... I don't know. Who cares? No, if you can't think of it, we're going to move on. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I, I'll think of it. Uh, Jeremy Stevens versus Duho Chai next week. What do you think about that one? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, like, I'd probably go, I'd probably go with Duho Choi, but like. It's, we're, we're, I'm still kind of unconvinced about him. Like he's definitely great to watch and flashy and and all that, but uh, proven. Like you know, his wins are over. Like you know, Sam Cecilia Tavares is a decent win, but that's about it. Like you know, he's still he's still unbeaten. Okay, he had that absolutely brilliant one of the fight of the year candidates against uh, Cub Swanson. Uh, what was it this time last year? Roughly. Um. But he lost that, you know. He, he, yeah, okay. Cup Swanson's good, but he's not elite. Duo choice, young, but uh, he hasn't fought in between, so we don't really know uh, if he's made the steps or not. He's been out, he's been out for over a year now. Um, Jeremy Stevens is always tough, but he, but he's he's not elite either. So um, it'll, it, we'll, we'll know a good bit of Cho, uh, about where Choi is after this. But uh, if I had to bet, I'd, I'd go with Choi in this one. Um. I think Jeremy Stevens loads up and he gets tired, but like <laughs> Jeremy Stevens is inconsistent. So sometimes he comes out and looks great, like. But I find it hard to pick Jeremy Stevens because he is so inconsistent. But yeah, sometimes that's... you pick against him, then he comes out and looks great, like against Gil Melendez. I know Gil Melendez is is shop worn at this stage, but it, it, like Jeremy Stevens is very very inconsistent, and I I think Duho Choi has a has a bigger has a higher ceiling. So I go with him, hoping that he's that he's closed some holes in his game over the last year since since they were exposed against Cub Swanson. I really think this will be a shootout on the field. Like Duho Choi showed in that in that Cub Swanson fight that he's an unbelievable chin on him. He's ability to get into a war, just go fucking all out. And you know, Jeremy Stevens has shown that time and time again. Not fucking an unbelievable chin and big knockout power. He's only been knocked out once in his career and what forty fights. And the way he fights, that's that's unbelievable. Uh over five rounds here. Uh, I, th- I think I'll just I think I'm just leaning Stevens, but um my picks will be out during the week, I'll, I'll say for sure. But at the moment I'm leaning Stevens, but I, I think it's just a an absolutely phenomenal fight. Uriah Hall then versus Vitor Belfort. Yeah, mm. like Uriah yeah. Hall, you never know what Uriah Hall is gonna show up either, but like he should destroy Vitor Belfort at this stage of Vitor's career. Well Vitor will come out with a bit of a bit of an early pressure, more than likely trying to trying to take his head off, and if that doesn't work then it's 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 Hall's fight to lose, but Peter Belfort still, I think, has has a minute or two of, of danger in him at the start of a fight. But mm-hmm. he kind of give he's known to give up if, if not give up, but just kind of welt and kind of he just can't keep up the output, especially since uh, Usada came in. So Hall, as you say, is very inconsistent. But I, I have to go with him here. It's, I think it's his fight to lose. I think. Uh, he, you definitely know what you're going to get from Vitor at this stage, and um, you have to just avoid that at the start, and then it's your fight then. Yeah, there's another few great fights here. Paige Van Zandt against Jessica Rose Clark as well. I think if Paige Van Zandt could get the next flyweight title fight, that's her, I believe it's her flyweight debut, isn't it? Has she fought one at one of flyweight before? Let me just uh, yeah, I think so. let me just look here. Uh, yeah, no, so she's coming off of a loss to Michelle Watterson. It was a good while back now. It was December last year, so it's, mm. it's uh, you know, 30 months <coughs> so <clears throat> I reckon she could get a flyweight title shot out of that mm. and Cameron Usman against Emil Weber Mech 
what about that? Yeah, it's a good fight. This is this is a this is a great fight, but I think uh, I think it's a it's a nice it's a nice fight for Usman. I think Meek is very good, but I don't think he's going to be able to stop the take. Mech, sorry, is going to be able to stop the takedowns, and uh, I I think it's it, I think it's it's Usman's fight. I think he's going to be able to to get on top more when he wants, and he's he's uh he's always he's always improving in between fights. Well, he's in the last few fights he's he's looked much better in each fight. He seems to be improving, so I definitely go with him. Um, although although Mech is Mech is really tough, I just think I I just think the wrestling is going to be too much. You went very whispery there after I shouted Mech down at you, so I apologize. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah I, I took the the mic slightly for away from my yeah, face. Yeah, I think I I think I frightened you to be honest. I think I, yeah, no, I'm terrified. Yeah, I think I Ragnar Clavanger. You. That's what I did. Yeah, I think Lord, this, Lord Ragnar to you. <laughs> I think this is a handy yeah. matchup for Usman. I thought this uh, I thought this matchmaking was really weird to be honest. I thought there was a lot better matchups out there for Usman, but yeah, I think he walked through Mech. Although Mech's dangerous, we saw what he did against Pal Harris. You know. Um, Who's a dangerous ground guy as well, but I think mm. Usman is a different sort of kind of uh, gives up if it doesn't go his way though a bit as well, Paul Harris. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that, uh, Michael Johnson, Darren Elkins is brilliant. also on this card. There's a, there's a few sleeper fights on this one on the undercard. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a really good fight. Obviously, Elkins uh, had the, one of the most ridiculous <laughs> come from behind knockout victories of all time uh, against Mirsad Bektic, who's still even though he lost that fight a massive prospect. If he can just stay injury free, which he doesn't seem to be able to, and then Michael Johnson, obviously, uh, he's had an up and down career, but he's 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 maybe not elite, but he can he can hang with it with everybody everybody bar the elite guys. Uh, so that's a very interesting fight. He obviously gave Khabib a bit of trouble on the feet as well when 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 they fought mm-hmm. before Khabib got the takedown and beat the living snot out of him. Darren Elkins um, has five wins in a row now, the last of which was over Dennis Bermuda, who obviously has a win over uh, over Max Holloway, the champion. If he gets another win here over Michael Johnson coming out, well, well, if, if, if he has a win on, uh, he definitely didn't win that fight. But yeah, yeah, but still, uh, Darren, 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 hashtag rally for Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins deserved that title shot. Frank Edgar, fuck off, you don't deserve it. Go down to Bantamweight. It's good. Nobody wants it. It's like Rob Whiteford, unanimous decision. Chad Skelly, unanimous decision. Pepe, unanimous decision. Mirsad Bektic, that was obviously a brilliant win coming behind. Then Bermuda, split decision. It's not, it's hardly... Why do you, like, you hate Darren Elkins like? What did Darren Elkins ever I just, do? I don't hate, actually, uh, he has the best tattoo in MMA. And he, yeah. <laughs> no, he has one of the worst tattoos in MMA. But uh, no, he's, he's always good to watch. Um, but I wouldn't be, like, I don't think... It's it's like he's been denied a title shot or anything like that. Like I think, he's obviously, if, if he goes out there and knocks out Michael Johnson, he'd be he'd be getting a or finishes Michael Johnson or decisions him wide. Then I think he'd be looking at a, a top caliber guy. But I I think he'd have to beat like uh, he'd have to beat somebody elite first before <laughs> yeah. the the Holloway shot. Beat Dwayne Ludwig, one of the coaches here. Beat Pat Curran, Bellator champion. Possibly be Diego Brando, star of <clears throat> one of the best fight cards of all time in Dublin. Sure, Chad Mendes what is going to come back uh, of two two years shooting shooting animals in the forest and and take down Max Holloway to oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two years of two years of camping, uh, two years of fucking. Uh, I won't say it. No, two years of ankle fucking uh, ankle ointment. Sure, he'd be grand. He's probably out there with bears like Khabib. He's pretty mm. he's, he's there in the forest wrestling bears. Out there with bears. <laughs> right, let's move on to... <clears throat> Jesus Christ, I'm absolutely dying here. Let's move on to the awards. Uh, and the Severe May Awards came out this week. It's gone down pretty well. Um, people people seem to like them. And let's talk about who who won and a couple of the nominees and stuff and who, who was close. Uh, Fighter of the Year, first off. 
<clears throat> Robert Whiteford. There's a few more guys, Whitaker. obviously. Whitaker. Oh, Whitaker. <laughs> I always fucking do that. I always do it. Robert Whitaker. There was a few guys close, obviously. Um, Rafael Dos Anjos was in there. Uh, Francis Ingenor, Volkan Ozdemir, Dimitris Johnson. But mm. I, I thought Whitaker was the was the man. Yeah. I think Nganu was kind of another front runner. But I think uh, just the way, the, the strength of competition that Whitaker had and the, how impressive he was in them fights against uh, Jacare and Neil Romero, like they're two absolute killers. In a, in a in a good division so yeah i think he really announced himself as an elite fighter uh, in 2017 and deserved the win yeah when you like when you beat jacare and romero two guys who like you would have put up there with like the best guys who aren't champions in the ufc this time last year maybe and he beats the two of them handily enough it's got to be the man he's got to be the man absolutely brilliant year for him but um yeah it was it was it was, it was a tough one, but yeah, definitely that. Uh, fight of the year then went to Justin Gaethje versus Michael Johnson. A great fight. I, I didn't think it was a. I didn't think it was a great year for great fights. To be honest, there were some very good ones. Obviously, like Darren Elkins against Mirsad Bektic, uh, Holloway and Aldo Gaethje against Alvarez, Josh Reed and Nathaniel Wood and uh, Yancy Benares and and, and um, Alex Oliveira as well. Recently was was a pretty good one, but yeah. Uh, I thought this was the this was kind of one of the close votes. I think there's a lot of different votes in for this one, but yeah, Gaethje and Johnson was a, was definitely a good one though. I can't remember if if I voted. For, did I, can you remember who I voted for? Mm, I'd have to look it up, and I can't go out of it now. But yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, let, me, let me pull it up one second there. You just talk for about thirty seconds there. Hello, Sean Sheehan here. Follow uh, Graham at Severe May. Follow me at Sean Sheehan Ba, and uh, yeah out the podcast tell us all about it while i'm wasting time here for graham oh he's pulling up his emails he's searching now for sean sheehan um yeah we'll, we'll have to pull up the questions this is gonna be the longest podcast of all time i reckon we've been here for about fucking five hours at this stage but uh yeah yeah well maybe yeah um Coming i went for i actually i went for elkins and bektich for for mm. the year it was a good fight yeah that was a great fight just because of how ridiculous the the comeback was and um just just i think Bektich is kind of underrated because he hasn't he hasn't got the run that maybe people thought he would just due to injuries and mm-hmm. he obviously uh he obviously Paul Evans debut in the ufc um wasn't the most exciting fight. He may not be the most exciting fighter, Bektich, but he's very effective, and, I, and that was a huge win for Elkins. And obviously, the amount of damage he taken beforehand, it just made it. It, it was a shocking uh, come from behind win, so I went for that one. But it was definitely, a, it was definitely a really good fight, the, the Gaethje and Johnson fight. Yeah, submission a year in uh, Dimitri Johnson suplex armbar against Red yeah. Park, pretty self. Yeah, I had that one as well. Yeah, I that think... was absolutely unbelievable. The Bolton Crab, I think, got one vote as well. John O'Mears, so he can he can count himself unlucky. It wasn't anything else really close. Uh, Emile McFarlane was another one who had a dead archer. That was a good one. I think Dustin Poirier deserved a mention as well for his body triangle against Anthony Pettis. But, you know, that mm-hmm. was kind of a... And Brett Johns as well, the calf slicer against Joe Soto, yeah. who's, uh, who's a great guy as well. Knockout of the year went to Edson Barboza against Benil Darius for the, the jumping knee. This was a real close one again, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had Ang- Anganu yeah. over Overeem, I think, in that one. Yeah, Paul Daly against Lorenz Larkin as well was a good one. Obviously, Rosen I mean, Eunice was up there. Matt Brown against Diego Sanchez. Yeah. That got yeah, that that could have been the winner as well. But I think it was you know there was it was only one vote to win it for mm. this. But um, yeah, it was the the uh, Marlon Moraes knockout as well. I think if it, if yeah. he had him intended that knee instead of mm-hmm. it kind of was a kick that kind of turned into a knee with the, with the motion, I think that probably would have won it. But the fact that it was it was kind of. Not lucky, but it was a, it was a little bit of luck, a little bit more luck involved. I think that kind of swayed it away. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, female fighter of the year then was obviously Rose and yeah, Cyborg. Cyborg was probably number number two with Tisha Torres, maybe who in four and Calvillo as well had gone four and before she fought. Well, four and one obviously during the year, but no, it was it was definitely Rose there. Underdog of the year went to Darren Elkins, as you know we we yeah. talked about that a while back. Uh, Rose Namunis was in there as well for that. Zach Freeman, uh, Brent Primus, Brent Primus, sorry, and uh, Nico Montano as well were were up for that. Uh, it, it was. You know, yeah, it was it was obviously Darren Elkins for that one. Um, emerging worldwide prospect of the year. This was another another close one. Brett, Brett Johns won this, and uh, you were uh, you were obviously a big one in for Brett Johns. Yeah, I, I voted for Brett Johns in that. Yeah, I thought I thought. Uh, I think we talked about it in the podcast how how good Solo is on the ground, and obviously obviously that calf slicer was absolutely beautiful. But uh, Brett Johns now fifteen and now he just looks to have turned a corner. He looks he looks like he he was he was a wrestler all along. He was always very dominant, but he looks like a he looks like a mixed martial artist now. Like he looks like he's got a really bright future, and he kind of announced himself with that calf slicer over such a respected guy on the ground, a guy who'd won. Um, or did he won the the Eddie Bravo, Bravo Invitational, or he'd won yeah, something? He was, yeah, he was good. And he won one, one of them big jiu jitsu tournaments against top jiu jitsu guys. So uh, he's no joke, and getting caught in a calf slicer is very rare as well. So that was a absolutely brilliant uh, way to announce yourself to the to maybe the the, the non casual or to the the casual fans from by Brett Jones. Yeah, personally, I would have given it to Zabit Magomed Sharapov, but Brett Jones definitely one up there. Um, David Timor was in there as well. Calvillo, Molly McCann, um, Nathaniel Wood, Paul Acosta, a few more as well were in there. Uh, next in was the Irish Pro Fighter of the Year, and this was probably the closest one of all. James Galler ended up winning it, but Paul Redmond, after going three and one in the year, he's won lots. Obviously, Norman Park was in there as well, who went one and one, one no contest. It was a close one, but James James Galler ended up getting it. It was it was a pretty good year, wasn't it for for Irish MMA? Uh, you know, Phil Milpeter came back, Chris Fields came back, won one one. Carl Moore uh, won as well. Dylan two came back. Will Flory had some good wins. Richie Smullen, you know. So it was it was a pretty good year for Irish MMA. But I think Galler did stand out all right with Redmond. Yeah, I think uh, the 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 Chinzo Machida fight really. Uh kind of a lot of people were calling him a fraud and stuff but i don't I haven't heard much of that since then because of how impressive mm-hmm. and and dominant he was in, in that fight i think that really opened people's eyes up to how good james can be and already is yeah 100 uh then the irish amateur of the year went to dylan douglas from uh, Audley, yeah. obviously up the north rodney moore gym very very impressive um i, I believe steven's lad time over in england as well fighting once and they were very impressed with him yeah he he won i think three different belts he won the clan wars belt he fought a 55 he fought a 45 he uh he he um finished all his guys by choke uh two in the first round one in the, uh, the fourth round in, in the title in the title fight in his last one um he he's he's been around for a while. I remember he did an interview uh, with Andrew McGahan after hmm, it was a couple of, a few years ago now after 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 a win, and he was he was saying um, he was real honest and he was talking about self harm and suicidal thoughts and all. He was he was just real honest and open, and he was saying how he'd kind of co- talk, uh, gotten past it with the help of his team. And Rodney kind of came into the, Rodney Moore, his coach, kind of came on camera with him, and he seems to have turned a corner and really, really like dedicated himself to MMA. He looks in great shape now compared to, compared to before. He seems to, he seems, he looks like he's, he's really, he's really turned a corner and he's really putting it together. And obviously, um, three finishes in a way, in a row against guys who are obviously as that amateur, but guys, a guy that's four and one, a guy that's four and two and a guy that's three and oh. So yeah, he's, he's, he seems to have turned a corner in, in his life and in his MMA career and he's really putting it together now. 
Yeah, the Irish female fighter of the year then that was a pretty tough one. Danny Nealon won it. She was she was actually before we get to that, the amateur fighter of the year. Um Danny Nealon was up for that as well with likes of Lee Hammond, Rosa Walsh, Kieran Clark, Jack McGuire, John Mitchell. But yeah, the female fighter of the year. I suppose the only three really we had well Rosa Walsh as well, I suppose you could throw in there, but I think she went one and all this year at amateur. But, yeah, I think she only fought once, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Catherine Gossigan went one and all, Sinead Cavanaugh went one and two this year. So it wasn't a great year for yeah. Female Irish and man, I think Danny Nyland, she went five and two and got the silver medal in the amateurs. I think she definitely deserves it. Yeah, she was the most active, and I think maybe Sinead was a bit unlucky that she, um, Sinead Kavanagh, that she, she she lost the decision that she did. It was a really close fight, but the record is as it is, and I think, uh, I think it was close, but I think, yeah, I think the the amount of wins and, um, obviously getting a uh, medal at the the, the IMMAF amateur world championships is obviously a, a good feat as well. There was a lot of people, a lot of there's a lot of competition over there and it seems to be getting stronger and stronger every year. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the emerging Irish prospect of the year then went to Will Flory. I think this was, I think this was pretty unanimous altogether. Will has been, you know, he had a, a hard start to his career because he couldn't get fights and stuff. But I think this year has kind of emerged for him uh, a lot because he got over to UFC, got a few fights there. He had, you know, he got, um, he was 2-0, in his pro, but he also had the one fight in the EFC Africa hosting, and he had another fight as well that went to no contest, obviously. So it was it was a pretty good year for him. Likes of Richie Smullen as well, Franz Malambo went two and all, Aaron Maguire went three and all as well, Blaine O'Driscoll, Kiefer Crosby were guys in in there with a shout as well. But I think yeah, Will Flory was definitely the man in that one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the way he was finishing people and on a, on a big a big enough show like EFC as well, and um, he just he just uh, he just seems to be putting it together as well. I think that. It takes a while. Like I know he was what maybe eight and zero at amateur, but he just looks much more comfortable now. And I think um, he was obviously unfortunate with the all the, the the back of the head elbows and the the no contest. And um, EFC is the fighter, but besides that, he he he's completely undefeated in his amateur and uh, and pro career. So uh, he's 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 really one to watch. And at a, in, in a division like uh, welter or like uh, middleweight where there isn't that that much. Um, there isn't that much talent in, in Europe and especially in the UK and Ireland. I think maybe UFC are be quicker to sign these guys. Mm-hmm. But and they still haven't signed Carl Moore, so it's 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 tough to know. But uh um I think Carl Moore will be in there soon enough and maybe if we will throw can get another three or four wins, he could be in there as well. Yeah, 100%. Coach of the year then, I think this was kind of an all-brainer, Trevor Whitman, after bringing Roslam Yunus to the title yeah. and, and Justin Gaethje as well. I thought that was an all-brainer. I don't think... Uh, Dwayne Ludwig, obviously, getting TJ Delish out there as well was was a good one. Conan Silvera, the uh, ATT guy. Um, you know, Mike Brown as well with the ATT. Marcus Marinelli, Bernie Gibson, I thought, were, were in much out as well. But no, I definitely think it was uh, Tre- uh, Trevor Whitman. Um, upset of the year then, Roslam Rose, I, I voted for Rose in this one yeah. as well. I think that was almost unanimous come at key of the year as well with Darren Elkins over Mir Sadbekic. Yeah. And uh, and worst fight of the year, Cindy Dandwa. <laughs> that was that Cindy was pretty, that was pretty easy as well to do. Yeah. Wonderful performer of the year. Uh he went to Lorenz Larkin. Yeah, 0-2 this year after moving to Bellator. People, you know, expected a lot from him. There was talk of him being a two way champion and just wasn't a great year for him. Yeah, it, it wasn't at all. Uh, he he, he kind of had he, when he first came up to the UFC and when he was in strike force, he kind of was a bit inconsistent. But then he he'd seemed to turn the cor- he had seemed to turn that corner and sorted that out. And then when he signed for Bellator, I think a lot of people were expecting him to kind of to to blaze through and get him and Rory to be the to be the two top guys. But it hasn't worked out like that at all. And it's definitely been a been a bad year from um, Diego Lima. Then Diego Lima is no joke, or mm-hmm. sorry, Douglas Lima is no joke, but. Uh, 
the loss of Paul Daly was pretty devastating. I think um, you should you, like if 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 you are a top guy, like people were, were saying, you should be able to you should be able to be Paul Daly. He's a bit one dimensional. His his wrestling isn't there. But uh, it was it was an impressive performance by Daly. But I think I think Larkin Larkin a lot more is expected from expected from him. And I think it was, uh, I think yeah, I actually voted for him for for it as well as well as him winning it. Yeah, uh, Donald Cerrone, Damian Meyer, other guys in there as well. Paddy Pimbelani had one fight this year and lost it after you know a lot was expected of him. Uh, Jose Aldo as well, on too. But I think he fought kind of well in both his fights. So I don't think he was in much of a chance. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I think Larry Larkin was definitely the man. Worst decision year. There weren't really many bad decisions. Uh, Joe Lawson versus Marcian Hell from early in the year ended up winning it. Manny Nunes, Shevchenko, were other ones. Mm. Uh, Overeem against Verdum, Shlominko against Musasi. Uh, and and a few more as well. Rand, Rand yes, and Anderson like, Silva yeah. and Brunson. Did you mention that one there? Brunson, yeah, that yeah, that was in the nominations as well. Yeah, there's a couple, yeah. but not not really any that stands out hugely. Yeah. I think judging has gotten better. Actually, it used to there used to be some every few cards when there, when there wasn't even as many cards. There used to be just some puzzling scorecards where you're just like that doesn't even make sense. But even even in the Joe Lozon Marson held one. It was probably the worst decision of the year, but it wasn't as outrageous as maybe in previous years. There's been some decisions so. Uh, Maybe maybe we should maybe we should applaud the the commissions for 100%. for improving their judging a bit, or maybe they got yeah. lucky. Uh, no, I think it's the fact <laughs> as well. The rules have become clearer, and I think the rules have become. Well, the rules aren't even used in half of the places that they go to, which is unified rules that aren't unified. Yeah, but uh, Mark Romani tweeted a while back that the scoring rules are the same everywhere. The new rules are are only for like the hand on the ground and the knee on the ground and stuff. That the scoring rules are the, the new rule. The new scoring is for everywhere for every commission i believe that's right mm. but yeah I, I think that's right so i think joe, Lo- joe rogan was saying that in his podcast and stuff as well but i don't think that's right but yeah uh fair play to the judges well done non-ufc fighter of the year this was a tough one as well there was a, a lot of good a lot of good entrance in this and nathaniel wood won it uh, i think he had to win it he went three and all he had that that fight against josh reed could have been fight of the year could have been round of the year could have been comeback, comeback of the year. Yeah, unbelievable fight. Fight. Yeah. Yeah, and he looks like it uh, obviously he's called the prospect he's going to need to change that name soon because he, he you know he's getting so good uh alex lahore was the one i thought was very close as well he went four and all this year looked absolutely tremendous and bam yeah. was brilliant um ben Askren obviously went three and all angela lee um andre harrison as well over in world series of fighting or pf and yeah, yeah. now, rory mcdonald yeah, it was a good year for fighters outside of the UFC. Uh, a lot of people going undefeated there as well. Uh, event of the year, obviously, no-brainer UFC 217 uh, with the three title fights, changeovers, shocking moment of the year, McGregor signs to fight, Floyd Mayweather, pretty self-explanatory to be honest. Box. Yeah, we had McGregor jump in the cage as well, could have been it. Anderson Silva testing positive, uh, John Jones testing positive, you know. I think they would have been more shocking if it wasn't, if it was the first time and not the second time. I think, that, I think, um, yeah, I think I think the most shocking thing was that that the, the McGregor the McGregor Mayweather um, bout actually ha- actually came together. Maybe it wasn't a moment, but it was it was definitely uh, like I think when when the initial uh, prospect of this of this bout taking place was brought up, everybody was just like, "That's never going to happen." So I think it'd be it'd be it'd be silly not to not to award that. Mm, and uh, f- commentator year then is the last one, Dan Hardy. Mm. You you don't I agree had, with that. I had Dom Cruz. Cruz. I had Dom Cruz. I thought Cruz has been by far the best, but uh, I got overruled. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I got overruled in a few of them as well. But 
I was someone and all. I think I did go for Hardy on that one, I believe. Yeah, uh, I, I thought I was close, but I think there's just so many good commentators now. And uh, Dan Hardy, I think, is is the best, to be honest. I think he's really, really phenomenal. Uh, before we get to the questions, actually, what do you think about Jimmy Smith coming in? Yeah, that, that was a strange one. Uh, did you did, did we hear why? Or uh, Yeah, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and uh, he said basically that he had a contract until, 2000 and, until the start of this year and then with an option for another year. So he was going to take up that option, obviously, and do it. And then uh, Paramount Network, I think they're called now, came to, came to him and said, we want to take you up in the option, but we want to change the terms. And as he said, when you know when you want to change the terms, you want, they're never going to change them to give you better terms. Yeah, we so want to give you more money. <laughs> yeah, and kind of that didn't happen. So he said, mm, yeah, I won't bother. And then he did it. And he didn't resign, so it looks like he's going to go to the UFC. That's does a, he that's have an, any kind of non compete thing, or is his contract just completely up? No, I think it's just up. Yeah, I think he, he can come straight yeah, away. Well, so. It looks like he's, he's he's Rogan's always been a big fan of his, and mm-hmm. he's not afraid of uh getting onto his mate Dane and recommending him. I'd say if uh, you know, like the Robin Black thing, or Joe Rogan had Robin Black on his podcast and ended up getting him a job at the UFC temporarily, so. Um, I definitely, I definitely think Jimmy Smith is a really good commentator as well. Very knowledgeable. He, he's a, he'd be, he'd be a great addition. And they've been looking to add to their their commentary boot uh, over and over in the last year or two as well. So I, yeah, I, I expect Jimmy Smith to be in the UFC shortly. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that was actually the first question from Mister Mister Podge there. So we'll move on to the next one. Um, Nate Mark Clark uh, announced his retirement. He, I'm looking forward to his next fight already. Uh, what, what's his legacy? <laughs> yeah. What's his legacy? Failed drugs tests. And, uh, King Mr. of Pancreas is his leg- legacy. Mm. King of Pancreas. That's how many times has that said? How many times has that said about about him that he's King of Pancreas? Yeah, he was in fairness. The only man to knock out Tyron Woodley and Damian Maya as well. So fair play. Yeah. Knock out Damian Maya in seven seconds as well. <clears throat> yeah. Gavin Springett. Will Conor McGregor actually defend the belt for the first time in 2018? Yes. I'd say he probably will. No guarantees, yeah. though. <laughs> he might. No, he might actually, because he might lose. So, yeah, probably. Oh well, not. attempt to defend or successfully defend. Yeah, well, yeah, successfully defend as well. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think he'd probably fight. Yeah, I don't know. I think if he fights Tony, he beats him. I think if he fights yeah, Khabib, yeah. it's it's a difficult fight, but I still I still go with Connor if I had a free bet. Hmm. Hundred percent. Well, not hundred percent. I take that back. I think I think Khabib. I don't think I gave my winner earlier. I think Khabib would win, but. I think it'd be a really close fight. and uh, Well, not a close fight, but a really cool fight to watch. Uh, Mr. Podge, is DKC overrated or is Hooker very good? What's next for Hooker, do you think? Well, mate, like, I don't know if, if Jacasey's that highly rated, really, is he? It's sort of, it's sort of us and UK and Irish media, maybe maybe he's not that well known, but he uh, he definitely has, I think it's obvious that he has a lot of raw tools that, that if he can if he can put it together that he, he he has a lot he has a lot to offer but it was it, you make bad decisions like that you, you against good fighters like like hooker you, you're gonna get caught and maybe maybe you'll get away with it the odd time but especially as you, as you step up and try to fight better guys but i definitely think um i, I would definitely wouldn't give up on him like you know he's, he's still young in his career he's he's uh out in he's out in florida in att Training with with lots of guys who are in the UFC, and I I definitely don't think uh, is he overrated. It depends how you rate him, I suppose. Um, yeah. I don't see people talking about him as like a world beater already. I think people are talking about him as a potential and just like the tools he has more than putting like you know when you're when you're twenty three, twenty four. What is he twenty 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 four now? 
like you're still very young in your career um yeah two two back-to-back losses isn't good like nobody wants to lose twice in a row but like you, you learn from these you learn from these mistakes and and you get better so uh depends how you rate him i suppose but he's definitely not the finished product he's still raw but he has he has a load of potential and he has a lot of tools already and he's 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 definitely one that is going to be an exciting fight, I think, for for years to come. Even if even if he doesn't become a champion, but I still think, like, I wouldn't be that surprised if he puts it together over the next few years. A lot of time, I could see him. I could see him challenging in the future. Yeah, he walked out the men's not hot as well. So, literally, it's only down from there because that was the best moment ever to happen in MMA history. Biggest shock this week: Noblaras, Ian McCall actually fighting Habib, making weight. I'd say Ian McCall fighting. Hmm. Yeah, probably Ian McCall fighting. Yeah. Uh, Shane Kiley, is there a fighter that, from a technical standpoint, is undeniably good that you can't stop watching? Can't stand watching because their style guarantees boring fights. Uh, Tyron Woodley is the one that immediately comes to mind there. Yeah, Tyron Woodley. Um, it was really frustrating watching Wood, watching the the Woodley Wonderboy fight. Fight, yeah. especially the second one, because <coughs> Wonderboy just wouldn't wouldn't throw. Um, it was just. It was just frustrating to watch because you know how we know how good uh, Wonder Boy can be uh, on his feet. Maybe maybe his hands let him down a bit, but his, his actual uh, distance striking and his, his his range control and stuff is usually phenomenal. But he mm-hmm. he just never got going. Even in the first fight, which I, th- I thought he actually edged over Woodley, uh, he didn't even get it going in, in that fight either. So yeah. that was re- that. Was, but both of them fights, especially the second one, it was it was I was disappointed with, with Wonder Boy. I was expecting I was expecting more. John Minton and a few different people asked you, are the lads expecting a UFC event for 2018? Um, in Ireland? I'm not Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. No. Uh, it doesn't, uh, we haven't heard any, any murmurings about it, but uh, it doesn't seem to be like, there doesn't seem like there's going to be one in the first half of the year anyway, but hopefully it didn't. Who, who would they have main event at? You know, Duffy's coming off a loss. Um... Almost all Connor's the Irish fighters gonna, gone out of the UFC as well. Like Connor's not, not going to fight in Ireland. Yeah, series retired. Like Artem, is Artem even going to? You know, could Artem get caught? Maybe like, you know, Artem could main event in Ireland against somebody, but um, I don't think they'd be clamoring to put an event together. They, I think they did it for McGregor because because uh, he really wanted to do it, and because. Uh, it was kind of building him as a, as a star, but um, yeah, there, there like back then there was, was seven, eight UFC guys or Irish guys in the UFC. And now it's not like that, so I don't think they're in any rush to come back here. I think that the London market is, is close enough in their mind that people can just hop on a 20 quid flight and deal with it in their mind. Yeah, Patrick Sheehan asks, Who do you think is the best chance of beating uh, uh, Habib, Tony, or Connor? And he said, Sean changed his mind Connor. and Aldo Vrins. Yeah, I agree with Connor as well. Uh, and the Aldo Habib thing, I think a couple of years ago it would have been an unbelievable fight, but now I think Aldo is not the fighter he used to be. So He's taken a lot of right. damage now recently, yeah. yeah I would love of, to have seen that fight a few years ago. It would have been unbelievable. I think. I still think it's a dangerous fight for Khabib, but but yeah. uh, but it's it's definitely not as interesting and intriguing as, as it was before before Aldo was uh, beaten mm-hmm. three times in a, or three out of four times. Yeah. Uh, Andy Hall, what damages McGregor's legacy most? Losing badly in his only title defense against Ferguson or Habib, but attempting to defend it nonetheless, are not defending it at all and retiring as champion with no defenses. Um, I think losing will be because uh, I think I think um, 
no matter what Connor does, people are going to criticize. But I think this defender big hate thing is just out of control. People just like yeah. rabbiting, parroting like something they've heard and just posting it constantly, and it's just embarrassing. Yeah, they do that and with these, McGregor. These titles, as well. these just, just these, like I think people who've watched the sport for for years and years know that these belts are just just props to sell. Like you know, it's. Yeah, and like they are. I know Nate Diaz said that, and everybody kind of laughed, but they are. Right, that's like 100 right. It's all about it's prize fighting. It's about the money. It's about the biggest fight you can get. It's not about these titles. Oh, he never defended his Cage Warriors titles. You think he's going to turn down a UFC title or a UFC uh, contract to fucking defend his Cage Warriors title? Are you stupid? Listen, listen. He defended he defended his interim lightweight title against Jose Aldo. Yeah, but like even all this, like you know, all these. That was a fucking joke, belts. Like, no, I know, but people like literally like debate about this stuff. It's like who cares? They're yeah, they're, they're props. Like, these yeah. are props. These belts. Like, yeah. it's as if like he pussied out of defending his title to fight fucking Rafael dos Anjos and for twenty p. Yeah, <laughs> and then fucking Eddie Alvarez. Like, he's, yeah, I don't know, it's just weird. Is there anybody in the UFC that wouldn't take a boxing match against Floyd for a hundred plus million? Like, nobody. Just, nobody. Nobody. Uh, Fraser, Mike, Mailman, Mike, a few more people as well. Ask, can the UFC realistically afford to pay the McGregor McGregor the money he needs to come back to fight? I suppose it's an interesting question. They can afford to do it. Yeah, they can afford to do it. They can also like. Yeah, they can they can definitely afford to do it. They're multi billion. They're like there's a lot of money behind them, but they don't. I don't think they want to set a press. They've already said McGregor's already uh, brought up the the wages of everybody due to due to his success and due to the money he's been paid. Like Nate Diaz wouldn't have been getting that money that he is getting. Even Tony Ferguson and all these other guys, like even even Cyborg and Holly Holm and Rousey and all, like uh, Rousey had a hand in it as well, but. They don't want to set a president of, of too much money, I think, and mm-hmm. other guys, other guys will start demanding that. Like so, um, they definitely don't want to. Like Connor wants, or has said in the past that he wants an ownership ownership stake. I think that leads to kind of weird complications of of conflict of interest and stuff. But who knows what what they'll do? Like I don't think they'll do that. Who like who who would they take the this, the the shares from? You know, it's complicated, but. Who knows what these like these? This might be off the table. It might be on the table. Who knows what's going on in the contract negotiations with the UFC? Who knows if the contract the contract negotiations are still going or if they've started? Or it's very hard to know. Like you know, it's, it's, it's just a lot of speculation around Connor and people even write articles that are just completely false. And yeah, it's, it's tough to really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think they'll just pay him a shit lot of money and he'll come back and fight, and that'll be it. To be honest, uh, Robert Burke asks, by what month should McGregor be stripped of the title if he hasn't fought? Uh, sure, there's an interim title. What do you need? Uh, whatever, yeah. Take the title. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But like, it's just a prop. It's the weirdest thing. Well, ever. It, it's it's no. it's not. It's it's in nobody's oh. interest to take the belt. Yeah, nobody. It's, not in, Tony, it's really. not, in, not in Tony's. It's not in Khabib's. It's not in Dana's. It's not in maybe GSP. Uh, maybe GSP. Because is, it, is it in GSP's? Up. Yeah, if he wants him to move up and fight him at welterweight, maybe. But then is he is he not fighting the lightweight champion? And he's the longest reigning yeah. welterweight. Champion. You know, it, it just yeah, makes more sense difference. when the pro, when yeah. the prop. So they're holding the prop yeah. on that. They won the ad, like you know, like oh, this light. It doesn't matter. This, uh, it's about inter- the best fights. It doesn't matter who has yeah, these belts. It's just like, you know, the only belts belts make things five rounds. The belts used to matter because main yeah. events used not to be five rounds. Yeah. But then they about five, eight, whatever it was years ago. They changed it so that all main events were five rounds. So now it doesn't matter. It's not like you speak since like it's actually, but with this interim title, as well, like, <laughs> why why are you making an interim title if he's not if there's no possibility he can defend it? Like people are saying, oh, the, you know, he needs to to fight 
Tony straight away or neither Tony can fight next. He's he's the interim champion. He needs to fight for the real belt. It's like why? Like if you've an interim belt there, why like you could have just made him a number one contender in that case and he could be the next one to fight him. Like I think that's fine. Like yeah, it's just a prop to get people to buy the yeah. fight. Like if if, if Habib is a better fight, which I'm not you know, it is, I think. But if you don't think that's a better fight, if you think Habib is a better fight, Habib versus McGregor is a better fight than Tony versus McGregor. Then you should want to see Habib versus McGregor next and don't give a fuck about the belts. I, I, and that's the kind of way I'm. People like, cling on to this pretense that it's some kind of league system that. and that, like, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 not. Like, I don't know how much clearer it can be made. Like, it's never been a league system. It's probably never going to be a new one. It definitely isn't now. So, I don't know why people keep pretending like there's some kind of league system going on. Mm-hmm. The rankings are absolute bullshit, like everybody talks about. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just people just need to stop pretending like all this stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Tried at Rootless UFC asks if Mayotte beats Engano, will that cement him as the greatest heavyweight ever? Uh, I think if he beats Engano and then beats Kane, maybe that Kane question is saying mm-hmm. hanging out there. He's, yeah, like, he's definitely Kane. up there. He's, definitely, he's up definitely up there. He'd have the record for the most amount of uh, successful title defenses then as well. But yeah. people like Fedor weren't in the UFC and Verdum was in and out of the UFC. And hmm. I think he's better than Fedor was if he wins that. Yeah, it's close. Probably. Close. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 tough for Doom. Has a ridiculous resume as well. Like I know Verdum's old now and he's maybe not at his best, but his resume is pretty fucking good. Like you, you, people were calling um, Fedor the best ever, and he he took him out with a quick triangle and what sixty seconds and no bother and none of none didn't get, didn't get touched. Yeah. Uh, Nickel Day asks, "What would you do with the lightweight division?" I think we've talked about that in depth. Probably, yeah, we talked about that uh, way too much already. Yeah, Mister Podge asks about Mackenzie Dern after signing with the UFC. She's fighting Ashley Order in March. How do you think Dern will do, Graham? I'll, I'll hand this one over to you. I believe you like yeah, to talk. To um, I think she'll probably win that first one because um, it's a nice style matchup. But I don't know. I don't see her like you. I think she has to be put on a slow roll. I think. Um, I think a lot of people kind of went overboard on her. I don't think I don't think she's she's looked as good as uh, as other people that have claimed in her in her fights against these cans that she's been fighting. Um, she definitely has a lot of potential. She's definitely really good on the ground in, in jiu-jitsu, But if she went in against one of the top girls, how do you how do you see that going? Like right now, like I don't she see that going well for her. Destroyed, yeah, she get destroyed. She's not there yet, but I think she's definitely improving. Her hands have improved an awful lot. She's unbelievable on the ground. She's the best in, woman in the world on the ground. Like so, if anyone gets to the ground with her, they're they're goosed. So um, yeah, but on the feet, she still has a lot of work to do. I think it's a little bit early, but uh, you know, there's plenty of handy matchups they can give her there in, in the lower echelons of the UFC uh, strawweight division. So yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, CD at Irish MMA one nine four. Do you think Paul Redmond will resign with the UFC in two thousand eighteen? Uh, I think he could. He went what, three and one this year. I, I've, I've said for a while. I, so. I don't know, like. Is is would he even make more money? In the UFC, then he's making off KSW and Bellator and stuff. I don't, I don't know bring if he him would. Up, bring him up, ask him. I, I think. That, is, it, is, is it worth? Like, if he came into the UFC, would he be on an eight and eight or a ten and ten? I don't know. Um, he probably wouldn't get four. Maybe he'd like to find the UFC just for the just for the sponsors, but the sponsors kind of like your Reebok's kind of taken away from that a bit, and it is recognition and people like people maybe like that. But Reza's been there, done that, so I don't know. If, I don't know if Reza would even want. Like, I don't know. Maybe like. He'd obviously consider it if they offered him, but I don't think he's 
he's um, chomping at the bit to get back to get back there. I don't think uh, I think the kind of landscape changed a bit where people just it was UFC was a be all and end all, but now you have people like KSW throwing money around. So I think people are, you know, um, happy enough to 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 wait it out until they get offered a good contract. I I still think he'd be good for that Dana White Tuesday night contender series because I think he could go in there and fucking footlock someone and get, you know, get back yeah. into the UFC. But yeah, I, I do. Yeah, even an Ultimate Fighter, but I don't see him doing that either because he's he's already been there in the UFC and spending six or eight weeks in a, in a gaff with a bunch of fucking guys you don't know and yeah. the UFC trying to or whatever who, Pilgrim Studios whoever makes it trying to cause fucking funny and fights funny moments and fights and drama and i don't know i don't know if red's there's be up for that michael o'shea cup noodle or cm punk who you got i'd say cup noodle would win that one he has it'd be hard to pick anybody over uh cm punk wouldn't it cup noodle is pretty good cup noodle is pretty good Uh, oh what was someone had a fucking hilarious joke uh, oh yeah, yeah. There was a picture the other day of the fella in the cup noodle thing alongside Gabby Garcia, and someone wrote, "Cup noodle will not only land punches, he will win rounds." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Last question, so from uh, our colleague Philip O'Connor over in Sweden: uh, Could Conor McGregor manage to st- could Conor McGregor manage to stay on his feet for five rounds, thus negating Habib's greatest strength? No, uh, I don't think it would go five not. rounds if it stayed on the feet. <laughs> yeah, but he's not, he, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely not going to happen. If 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 it goes longer than three minutes, two 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 minutes, Habib's taking him down. Like he could go a few more rounds, and you know McGregor could knock him out in the second or third, maybe or something. Or he could knock well, him maybe, out. Well, yeah, maybe it could happen if maybe no. McGregor was ultra defensive, worked on the leg kicks, and kept the jab out and. And maybe like broke Khabib's face up a bit and kind of stopped Khabib being relentless. Maybe it could go five rounds, but it just seems extremely unlikely. Yeah, I think your point is well. If it did stay on the feet for five rounds, well, for two rounds, we'll say before going five, there's no way Habib is going to take the, the abuse McGregor gives him. If it, if he did manage to stop the takedown, not the hope. I don't think. You know, like Eddie, as you said, as we were talking about at the start of the podcast, Eddie is underrated, like, how, how good he is in the field. We saw him, like, absolutely chewing up Justin Gaethje and other lads as well. Uh, Dos Anjos beat him on the field. Look how good Dos Anjos is looking now. McGregor, absolutely. Like, yeah. McGregor... But McGregor, McGregor did go through uh, ODA as well, though, pretty handily as well. It's funny, like, did McGregor and Habib both have a secret that nobody else knows. They both have it. McGregor has the boxing secret, the striking secret. Habib has the grappling secret. They have it. And yeah. that that's why I want to see that fight so much. Fucking make that fight happen. Come on. Come on, Sean Shelby. Where are you at? Make that fight. God, I want to see that fight so much. Yeah, I think uh I think it's 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 just it's just it's so hard to speculate, but I think uh the tide seems to have turned. I think it was it, it was definitely firmly the fans wanted Ferguson and McGregor next, but after that could be performance, it thinks I think a lot of people maybe had uh had never seen Khabib by the look of things because <laughs> he did the same thing he always does but people see him way more high on him now than they ever were so it's kind of yeah. strange but um, yeah the, the, the tides seem to turn but maybe by the time McGregor and uh, Endeavour have come to a new contract uh, agreement maybe the kind of recency bias will have worn off and people will will be back to the first one so who knows maybe it'll be GSP you just, you just don't know it depends how long it takes as well mm-hmm. yeah 100% well there you go another a big bumper episode of the podcast for you a double week we'll be back on the 15th uh, of january i believe yeah 
so thank you all for listening. You can follow me at John Sheehan BA over on Twitter. You can follow follow Graham at Severe May. Buy some merchandise, severemay.com forward slash merchandise. Follow us on Facebook as well. Instagram, Graham's been posting stuff over there recently, and Andy Cowan and myself as well. I believe there's um there's an old there might be a, a small severe med documentary coming up as well. And we won't talk about that for another while. But um yeah, any, anything else, Graham, there you want to travel with people? Um, no, that's about it. I think um, the if people haven't seen that ahead of this uh, St. Louis car, if people haven't seen that Duho Choi Cub Swanson fight, uh, the UFC put it up on on uh, their YouTube and we embedded it on the website. So if you haven't seen that, make sure you see it. That was one of the fights of the year last year. Um, also, uh, since we went away, Dylan Took signed a three fight deal with Brave. He he announced well, he on did. top of all. He did. So what do you think about that? Actually, I think that's. Yeah, I wonder what kind of matchmaking they'll do with him. There's a lot of good fighters out there. Like that could be a bit dangerous, but he's very, very good, obviously. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was talk of uh, of them coming to Ireland. So if they come to mm-hmm. Ireland, uh, yeah, uh, I'd heard the rumors about that a few months back. So we'll we'll see if that happens. Um, I'd say they'll want to, to try and do a bit of a. Bit, no, I don't think they'll be throwing him in there against guys they they expect him to lose against straight away. I think they'll try and build him up, but. You never know because, like you know, uh, who knows what what these guys are thinking? You know, maybe they'll have maybe they'll have a local Bahrainian guy that they think they think it's a good so matchup and they put him in there against him. But I think uh, I think Dylan I think Dylan um, looked really good in his last fight. Obviously, he got he got finished early in the fight before that, and he took took a big break, which I think was smart. So I don't think he'll be. I think he's being smart about his career. I don't think he'll be taking any stupid fights. So so uh, yeah, I think I think he'll be okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next Monday or Tuesday whenever it comes out. Uh until then, here's the inspiration quote. Amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. Professionals just get up and go to work. We'll see you next Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, any day. I don't know what day it'll be about. Any someday. <laughs>